Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 697 with a review of The Atom Project. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, we are talking about the latest Netflix film to come out. Um, and when I say latest, I mean last weekend before I went on a work trip. <laughs> But we are now here to talk about it, and that is the Adam Project. This is a you know a a a fun film that uh, involves some time travel. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. Um, you know, it's it's got everything you could want from a film. Um, so my question for you to start this off, Stephen, is you know Ryan Reynolds. Um, you know. He, he's a specific type of uh, presence in the films that he does. Like, some people would argue sure. that he's always playing the same character. Um, some people would say that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, my question for you is, their job at casting young Ryan Reynolds, how did you think mm-hmm. the kid did with his performance? How, how he was able to, or not able to, manifest older Ryan Reynolds? How did you feel he did? It... It is going to be tough to really say this without getting into the review. At the task of making me believe that you would grow up to have Ryan Reynolds' shtick, I think the kid did a good job. I I think (laughs) it does not take long in the movie for you to be like, that is young Ryan Reynolds. And so clearly the kid embodied something. Um, Did he go too far in his Ryan Reynolds-ness? Perhaps. Perhaps we could talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the kid nailed what he was being asked to do. Uh, they definitely gave him that kind of acerbic, like, quick response, even when it drives people crazy, which is very much the, like, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds type of character. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought him. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought there, there is a point in the film, which is, like, the beginning of the third act, where he almost drops it completely. Where it's like, it's no longer in the script for him to continue to do this performance anymore. It's just, he is there and he's, and other stuff that's more important than him at the moment is happening. Um, but I thought yeah. at the beginning, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I, I think he's like kind of nailing this. But the interesting thing though is while he's na- nailing the presentation of the quick dialogue and like the wittiness, um, when Ryan Reynolds does it, I'm realizing now that he's just an asshole. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, like before, I thought he was pretty charming. But when you make a little kid do it, you're like, this kid's a fucking dick. Like, how is this? Definitely. <laughs> though I, I also think in this movie, they are playing in more to how much of a dick yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is by doing it. And so I also think the Ryan Reynolds you watch in this movie is a little bit more abrasive than the one in movies where you're supposed to like him. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and he also, character-wise, uh, not to get too spoilery, but he has reasons to not want to be the version of him that we would normally think of, right? Like, he, he's, he's trying right. to soften who he is while the kid is a kid and doesn't know better and isn't trying to soften himself. Yep. Now, what about physically? Do you believe in any universe that kid grows up to be Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Because isn't he supposed to be like 11 in this movie or 12? He seemed old enough that I don't believe a growth spurt would compensate for that difference. Uh, uh, I, I guess I didn't think of I mean, the kid doesn't believe that he's going to grow up to be Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds either. Um, I guess that's true. And probably Ryan Reynolds like 10 years ago didn't think he would be current Ryan Reynolds either. So yeah. and that was I, even fully grown. It, it would be interesting to see like old high school photos of him or something. Yeah. This is a film that, uh, you know, kind of saw on a whim a little bit. I think I was 
definitely more excited to see this than you were. <laughs> just because. Yeah, I, I was not excited to watch this movie, but I'm going to be honest. This past weekend, I was looking at what are things I should watch. And I knew on one hand, Christopher brought up The Adam Project as a thing that we could potentially review. On the other hand, Belfast, I feel like I should watch it before the Oscars. <laughs> and it was easy for me to choose The Adam Project yeah. <laughs> just in that moment of what what do I want to experience more? Do I want to experience a like Netflix time travel movie with Ryan Reynolds? Or do I want to experience this black and white thing with Dame Judy Dent? <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, the the answer was clear. So Belfast really is what drove me here. Yeah. Well, minor spoilers for the opening shot of Belfast. It starts in modern day and transitions right. into the past. Yeah, so technically... it, it does the, um, <laughs> does the whateverville thing. I'm, I'm completely blanking on that movie that did it um, forever ago. Uh, Pleasant... Pleasantville? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. You heard about just color to black and white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about this film. What do you say, Stephen? We get into it. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Atom Project, and we're going to come back and give you a review. Are you going to stand down? There's no one even following us. Don't look back. Look up. Uh, I think we're about to have some company. Stop the car. What? What? Stop! Laura, this is me. Hi. Parallel contact, babe. Well, you know, you've always said that you wished you'd met me earlier. Here I am. <laughs> Do you remember this? I mean, if this is happening to me, it already happened to you, right? Unless it works more like a multiverse where each rebel creates an alternate time. A multiverse? My God, we watched too many movies. So 2050, is it really bad? It's not great. Find him. Get ready to run. You know what you have to do. Stop time travel from ever being invented. Boom. What's your plan? Well, I'm not going to explain my plan to a 12-year-old nerd with it. You don't have, have a plan. a plan, but I know somebody who does. Dad. I'm the godfather of time travel? The Adam Project. We don't pull this off. We're not getting back. What do you say, kid? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I spent 30 years trying to get away from the me that was you. And I'll tell you what. the best part all along how'd you get to be so smart how'd you get to be so dumb 
All right, so that was the uh, the trailer for the Atom Project, uh, which is a, basically about this pilot from the future where time travel exists, who steals a time jet and goes back in time, where he's trying to stop the changing of the timeline that has led to the future, which is not so great. <laughs> Stephen Miller, what did you think of the Atom Project? So, I think. The normal thing someone would criticize this movie for is that it seems like its plot was generated by the Netflix algorithm. You know, it seems like it took a bunch of things that people would like. It took Back to the Future. It took Star Wars. It took Terminator. It mushed them all together and it made it into a movie that would fit in this kind of four quadrant. Here you go. Have at it. And I disagree only in the sense that I feel like this entire movie was made by an algorithm. <laughs> I don't think any human being was involved in any part of the movie. <laughs> I think everyone, not just young Catherine Keener, but everyone in the movie is like a fake, deep fake GAN generated thing that is like, this is what movies are like. I, I hated this movie <laughs> so oh, goddamn much. And I cannot explain why I hated it as much as I did. Um, there's something about it where I, I actually really liked the premise of this movie. Like, I my knee-jerk desire to not watch it was really just like, oh, it's some Ryan Reynolds Netflix thing called The Atom Project. And just in my head, I was like, okay, that's going to be a whatever. You know, it's Red Notice all over again. Like, they're just going to do a thing. Um, it's Netflix, so we're never going to know why they did it or how it turns a profit, but whatever. Uh, when I realized what the premise was, I was kind of excited again about this movie i was like oh hell yeah i love back to the future i love you know early spielberg movies i love everything this is homaging a guy goes back in time to hang out with his younger self what a wonderful idea with a charming cast you know you've got ryan reynolds you've got mark ruffalo you've got jennifer garner zoe saldana's in this movie katherine keener um half of her actually Catherine Keener is in this movie um <laughs> I honestly for the first like two minutes of this movie was pretty intrigued by it and then right away for me everything just felt so fake and half-assed there are like emotional beats very early on where characters their eyes are like glistening like they're on the verge of tears and they're suddenly having a meaningful conversation and it all felt like an alien had created a movie based on watching like every Steven Spielberg movie and was like, this is how humans interact. Eyes get wet. Say something heartfelt. And e even the Ryan Reynolds stick, like I, we both liked Free Guy quite a bit. You, yeah. you know, like I am not down on Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Free Guy, by the way, a hundred different reasons it is the exact same movie as this, but we can get into that later if we want to. Uh, the ramifications of what love is able to conquer and fate and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, the Ryan Reynolds stuff, it he didn't feel like he was really in it to me. Like the humor, the quips, the way he interacts with younger him, the like asides, like none of it worked for me at all. I just felt so totally not vibing with this movie from start to finish. By the time 
and I know this is maybe a spoiler, but the whole internet was ablaze with this. By the time D.H. Catherine Keener shows up and they're like, not only are they not hiding it, it's like they're proud of it. <laughs> this like fucked up weird head that they created and put her face on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Something about this movie, I like really could not get behind it at all. I don't. I don't know if there was a single part of this movie that I liked. I hated this movie. And I thought, man, if Chris likes this, I'm going to be so intrigued. (laughs) Because maybe I'm dead inside. Maybe this is like cilantro or whatever. And I think it tastes like soap and other people aren't aren't feeling it the same way. But I I really hated this movie. Yeah. I I don't know if it's cilantro, but I would say it's more like broccoli where uh, but backwards. Where, like, as a child, you probably hate it. As an adult, you're like, yeah, it's a vegetable. I'll probably eat it with dinner, right? Um, I think this is exactly the opposite of that situation, right? Where this is clearly a kid's film. Like, when I was watching this film, I was like, oh, my God. If I would have seen this when I was, like, a child, not only would I watch this movie every single day, but, like, I would think it was great, right? (laughs) Like, Mm. it is, the dialogue is very kiddy. It's a kid's story. Even when the adults are are having their moments, it's played kitty like, right? It's played like even that that, that moment in the trailer uh, where I, I forget the exact line. When's like Zoe Zoe Saldana is like, "What, babe? You came in contact with your younger self?" Like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Just the way that is delivered is very tongue in cheek. Where it's like everything is simplified so that young kids can watch it and dream about like, what if I as this little kid that gets picked on all the time grows up to be Ryan Reynolds and also like a time jet pilot. Um, it's, it's, it's totally wish fulfillment and it's all about like family and relationships and like, don't be a dick as a child, learn to be better as an adult and also time travel. And also what if you can just have all the toys, (laughs) right? Mm. Like I, I found this up until they go to the compound at the end of the film. I was kind of vibing on this in that childish love for just the excitement of what I'm watching. Like, like I liked, I liked watching the, uh, watching this film through the eyes of the kid, right? Like I'm just putting myself in the kid's place and just thinking about the wish fulfillment of what this would be like if this was like my life story or whatever. Right. So from that standpoint, I thought it was fun. There are, Mm -hmm. there are, there are interesting things that appear in this world. Like the fact that all the suits are camouflaged. It's like, yes, of course they are. Cause if you're going back in time, you can't appear to anybody. So you have to disappear because you can't be seen by the people of that time. Otherwise they'll know you're fucking with shit. It's like the idea that these people can be there and then just come out to fight. Like all that was super cool. I like the lightsaber, not lightsaber thing. Um, the, the, I thought there's clever uses of relying on the childhood self because you, the, the system that you, of the ship you're piloting is meant for you not to be hurt. And if you're hurt, you need a not hurt version of your DNA to right. interact. But I mean, if, if it knows you're hurt, you think it would also know that you're a 12 year old boy and also not start <laughs> that, the ship. That's true. I don't really know what it's measuring. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of fun things in this film. And, and I, I, you know, I, I've been on a work trip for the last week, so I haven't exactly been consuming popular culture around stuff that was coming out. So I had heard some inklings that this film wasn't exactly widely loved. I don't even know whether that's that's true or not. But like when some people reach out to me and ask about what I thought of the time travel in it, I'm like, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't comment on it. It just makes me think that people are criticizing it. Um, yeah. But while I was watching the movie, I was like, 
I don't know why people hate this movie. This movie's kind of fun, and I'm enjoying it. And then some real dumb stuff happens at the end, <laughs> which uh, that involves electromagnetism and mm-hmm. things like that, where I was like, yeah, I don't know if... Uh, I'm not a physics major, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure if X would have happened later, it would have happened before, too. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think the beginning, the setup, and sort of the build-up to this seems... Seems totally fine. I don't get why there's a whole agency of maybe the government or a private corporation that has time travel but doesn't allow it. Like, there's Mm -hmm. the idea that only in this one instance ever has somebody changed the timeline seemed a little bit silly. Like, I don't know what people are doing in time if not fucking up the timeline. Yeah, like, are they only doing time tourism otherwise? Like, they just watch things, but they're not allowed to interact with it? We want to see the dinosaurs die, (laughs) you know, or something like that. Maybe that's what they are doing, um, except for one person you know we don't know who that could possibly be uh could maybe mess with the time the the timeline but you know all that aside i think i enjoyed most of it i also there was one thing so you know in the trailer you can see moments of people just exploding into this like digital dust as they get killed and when 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 you're shooting somebody with a a laser gun and they sort of evaporate into this laser dust you're like yeah yeah cool laser laser future laser gun blasted them they died but when you learn that the actual idea is that if you die out of your original timeline, you just explode into the dust, makes it so when people fly into a tree and then explode into dust, it makes that so much more horrific than, <laughs> than being shot with a laser gun. So I was really enjoying all the times people exploded because I was like, that's fucking dark right there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I liked I liked the dust dust. It, death. It's, it's interesting to me that you... It feels like what I clocked as incredible awkwardness and not even trying you clock as appealing to kids. And for some reason I did not read this movie as kids. And I think partly why is this movie is having so much delight, not only at referencing other movies, but at using other movies for shorthand to avoid having to explicate anything. You yeah. know, like the future is described as you've seen Terminator. It's like that. Um, yeah, also, you know, that kid has not seen Terminator. <laughs> yeah, they're clearly using like knowledge of Back to the Future to understand how timelines change. And they're like, because of that, I didn't feel like this movie could have plausibly been targeting kids as their demographic. And that is partly what left me in an odd place. It seemed like it was targeting adults who wanted to feel nostalgic and using that as an excuse to be a shitty movie yeah. um, i i think that was kind of what irritated me but i i can't stress how for me none of the movie worked and i we review kids movies on this show all the time yeah. you know like we both loved mitchell's versus the machines or at least i loved it i think you were also quite positive on it um like i'm i'm a big fan of kid logic zany kid stuff that movie by the way referential throws in all sorts of other movie references has a ton of fun with its premise even while things are exploding like you can do this kind of thing and have it work out well and i don't know why for me i was so cold and like alienated by everything this movie was doing um i i really think for me it all I was starting to doubt it and it really hit a wall in a moment in a bar that uh, two characters are at having a conversation. 
they are like crying before anyone even says anything that would be the dumb obvious line in a movie to make people cry like yeah. the the way these scenes are played I want to rewatch it only to imagine this is targeted at kids and see if that makes me feel more soft toward it. I found it so cynical and like, wow, you are not even going to try. <laughs> you're just going to like, <laughs> you're just going to have like the soundtrack go up and you're going to be like, all right, this is our big, you know, Spielberg, this is our Amblin moment where you're going to cry because of the relationship between kids and parents. And we don't even have to fucking try. We're yeah. just going to like phone it in. Everyone is going to leave. We're in one take. Fine. We got it. Go home, Jennifer. <laughs> you know, you're done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The whole movie, it just felt very, very half-assed to me. Same with the relationship between Zoe Saldana and uh, Ryan Reynolds. We know that it exists because it has been told to us. So then when they're together, the fact that there isn't even like an inkling of chemistry in anything they say to each other somehow doesn't matter. Like I, I don't know. I found it very frustrating um, trying to watch this movie. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know when it might be like the introduction to the kid version of like, like, obviously, when you sit down to watch this film, you already know. I guess if you've never seen a trailer, you wouldn't know that he's supposed to be the younger version of Ryan Reynolds. But like, I, I did watch a trailer and I remember, like, I don't even remember all the trailer, but I remember that. Like, there, mm -hmm. I don't even know. Maybe it wasn't this trailer. Yeah. But well, and one, they call him Adam, like, two minutes into the yeah, movie. Yeah. So, but, you, but there's like know. that one moment in, in one of the trailers. Uh, I don't even remember now if it was the one that we played. But where, where it's like, wait, you know how to close the fridge. You know my dog's name. You know my name you must be me right like it's it's like yeah. it, it's that's in exactly where they go and i think that if this was a film targeted at a little bit older demographic that it would have left that to be an actual reveal instead of just being like let's rip the band-aid off like there's literally a couple different characters in the story who the second they see the person they're like adam <laughs> like like they yeah. they all kind of know because this isn't a film about getting clever about the the dynamics of time travel and and figuring out how to place it, it's just like let's just this is the premise young old maybe other people uh and and we'll just we'll just go for what we go and i think that like because it starts with this quippy little kid who's just getting his ass kicked all the time and then ryan reynolds shows up he is playing like this feels like he is the film talking to the audience being the kid, right? And, I, and mm. I think that the reason why some of the performances feel kind of flat is because it is not necessarily surface level, but just everything is, is heightened and tamped down at the same time where it's like we are, we're keeping it all at like knee high because that's the target audience that we're going for, but we're still going to throw some money at it to make it have big effects and stuff like that. Mm. But it's really all about this. I mean, it's like when I was young and I watched the last Starfighter, and I thought about like, what if I was good at this one video game and that got me recruited into uh, being a starship fighter, right? Like it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. But like, what if you just watched a lot of movies and you played a game that your dad <laughs> used to play mm -hmm. and, and now you get to go on this grand adventure there, there, there's one moment too, where because this is a world uh, in this version of time travel, they are trying to sell you on. There is one linear timeline and you can go all around it, but you can change it and things will ripple forward. And there's a point where they all go back in time. And I was like, 
there's definitely a future where his mom comes home and he's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like, for sure. if their plan doesn't succeed, she just, her kid was abducted and she'll never, like, the last thing that they had, the last interaction they had was a fight about when yep. to pay the bills and not be able to go to work at time. And then her kid got kidnapped and was never discovered. There's not even a body found, no closure at all. I was like, that's fucked up. And this film's yeah. not going to deal with that ramification at all. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, this, this film isn't trying to be too deep, but I think if you watch it with that, that those child eyes, it, it, it gives a lot to have fun with. And at the very least, it's going to cause a bunch of kids to maybe go out and watch the films that this thing is referencing and stuff like that. So yeah, well, now I guess what I would ask you as a counter is to me, if this is a kid's movie, no, I'll just ask the question, who is the protagonist of this movie? And I, I think it is the, the kid. Like it, it's, it, it is his journey where he gets mm -hmm. to see a potential future of where he goes from being this isolated kid who gets beat up by bullies and plays his dad's flight simulator to being a guy who in the future could actually fly space jets and stuff like that. Like it's, uh, I, I mean, cause I mean, see, I feel like in term, I feel like that should be true for yeah. the kids version. It should be the kid is the protagonist. We are seeing him explore this crazy world. It would be way more Terminator. You know, there's future you or your future son or whatever is coming back. And we are seeing you reckon with this. Yeah. I didn't feel like the movie played that way. I felt like other than the kind of opening and then maybe a little bit at the very close, like the movie is the Ryan Reynolds movie and the kid is the quippy sidekick who is along for the ride. And I think that through me because if this is targeted at kid me i should be living vicariously through the kid the kid shouldn't be like a fucking annoying piece of shit <laughs> um <laughs> which he is I, I as i said at the beginning he's doing well what he's being asked to do but it it didn't play to me like this kid is the audience surrogate yeah well it, it's like if uh what was what was the movie um with the kid that was like obsessed with Chuck Norris and like he would like go into this world where he was in like a Chuck Norris movie and doing all this stuff. Sidekicks, sidekicks. Yeah. It's, it literally goes to like what you're, what you're talking about. Um, so have you seen, have you seen the film sidekicks, Steven? I have not. All right. So sidekicks is about this little kid who's like trying to like be a karate champion, little dude. And he like, I forget it's been so long since I've seen it, but basically he like meets Chuck Norris or he keeps imagining Chuck Norris as part of whatever he's doing. Uh, a bully teen who fantasizes about being Chuck Norris's sidekick, trains in martial arts to fulfill his dreams. This is that, but instead of Chuck Norris, it's Ryan Reynolds, right? <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. a bullied kid who in this case he's not imagining it it's literally himself but it's like he's getting the wish fulfillment of what he will become and he's along for the ride and i think that the reason why it feels like it is from not not to dive too much into like making the story something that it's not but like the reason why ryan reynolds takes the forefront is because he is the one imparting the lessons to his younger self right he has already been through this he has his own regrets not just the situation he's in but just who he was as a child versus who he is now so he is dictating all of the lessons back to his child self so it's, the kid is too focused on this crazy adventure they're going on and flying in the space jet to realize that he's actually learning lessons so ryan reynolds needs to tell him at the end and it's sort of like there's 
Ryan Reynolds isn't going on the journey. He's been on the journey and he's just bringing his younger self along. And I, I think you can still watch this from the child's point of view, but I can see why, like, obviously you're watching the film because of Ryan Reynolds point of view. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the movie's little hack is it is the same person. So you, they kind of get to have their cake and eat it too, yeah. by being like, Hey, we are watching this kid's journey. We just fast forwarded, you know, I don't even know how old Ryan Reynolds is. I'm, I'm going to say we fast forwarded like 28 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's, I think he says 30 years at some point. Yeah, he says for the last 30 years, ex, I, I've been trying to get away from who I was, but turns out you're the best part or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's just like honestly, even without Ryan, like even the kid and the mom interacting, like Jennifer Garner and quippy ass Adam in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> The like the way they seesaw between like he's like being all snarky and annoying to him being loving and her saying meaningful things it just it all felt so fake and algorithmic to me and like that you know the dramatic moments felt like that the fun moments felt like that like okay guy in a, a comedian who is now super jacked wearing a jacket. 70s music plays and he starts like kicking ass in like a robot-y timey way like it's guardians of the galaxy like it trained the model clearly trained on guardians of the galaxy when it yeah. made this movie um <laughs> yeah dad's the, jacket the kid is obviously doing a marty mcfly thing with his little jacket or you yeah. know like there's there, obviously there a, a point to that. where he's literally wearing like a puffy jacket and i was yeah, like i'm totally. surprised somebody didn't say what's up life preserver <laughs> yeah like like this clearly trained on like all the Amblin movies. It, like I think the model did a pretty good job of seeming like a real movie. It just didn't. Again, I kind of want to watch it again as a kid's movie and see if I just hate my one week younger self for how like crotchety I was watching this. <laughs> but I, I felt like insulted by this movie. I was like, what the fuck? How much money did you spend on this to make it feel this fake? Yeah. Um, I wasn't insulted until the very, very end. <laughs> But besides that, I was 100% along for the ride. Um, I mean, it's cheesy as hell. Don't get me wrong. This yeah. is a cheesy movie. This is not going to make any lists. Um, but as far as like a film that like I sat and watched, I was like, yeah, that was not so bad. Maybe it's my my uh, my brain recalibrating after you know a week long uh, work trip. But <laughs> but for me, I was yeah. like, yeah, that was cool. I like that. That was fun. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I. I did not. <laughs> That's not fair. even a little bit. That's fair. I also, okay, I, I have a few questions. I'm going to try to make them not yeah. also, officially spoilers. This might, this might be, this might answer one of the questions that you haven't asked me yet that you might, but you, a second ago you were talking about uh, not liking the shift between going from like a quippy little smart ass little kid into a suddenly a loving child who's acting a little bit different. Remember the, the causal chain of actions across a single timeline. It's, it's the, 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 there's one moment of exposition, you know, the exposition that you said they don't really do too often in this film where they talk about like, if you change it, it takes a while for it to catch up. You don't actually mm -hmm. change the timeline. Everybody just suddenly remembers the differences that, that were caused. Mm. So, I mean, there's a reason why it's a literal, literal turn of a dime of, of that action. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that explains all of them, but I feel you with, <laughs> I feel you with some of them. I don't think they explain when Ryan Reynolds turns on a dime, which he also does many times in the movie. Um, 
but but that's okay. Okay. First question: How recognizable do you think Ryan Reynolds is as young Adam? Because um, one parent recognizes him immediately, and another has a whole conversation thinking he is a stranger. <laughs> well, uh, well. First of all, the the stranger recognizing person or non recognizing person who assumes they're a stranger uh, at least recognizes the jacket. So that's true. that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the way the way I took it is that the person who immediately recognizes him is somebody who is actively doing work through which he could believe that Adam could actually be mm-hmm. there as his older self. Right? It, it's like mm-hmm. if you were if you like if you were. Uh, I don't know. For example, remember when we reviewed the film Parallel uh, with the mirror uh, that went sure. to the other dimensions? I think we referenced that in Parallel Mothers, too, which <laughs> hasn't come out yet. Oh, shit, we're time traveling. <laughs> but but in that, in that film, right, if you saw... I mean, this is a silly question for you because you're literally a twin. But, like, if you saw somebody appear who looked identical to you, even though you're not an identical twin, but if somebody appeared up who looked identical to you and you were playing with a mirror that went to other dimensions, you'd be like must be me from another dimension. You wouldn't just be like, whoa, we look the same. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if you're actively trying to develop technology that could rip open wormholes to potentially other dimensions or other time periods, then like when you're like, hmm, guy knows my taste in music, (laughs) knows this one specific reference that I use a lot, is wearing my jacket, Adam? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's I, I feel like that, that to me, that was the joke. It was like the one person who would instantly be like, this checks out. <laughs> but I, I would just say timing wise, it's still pretty theoretical. So it, it still seems like a, a bridge too far, but I'll give yeah, it, yeah. I'll give it to you. My second, this isn't even a question. And I know this is a spoiler, but it's so inconsequential. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> How many times... See, I'll frame it as a question. How many times can Ryan Reynolds punch Mark Ruffalo in a crowded campus with people walking behind him in the scene and nobody notices? He's a professor at the school. So people definitely recognize him. And he just goes, Like, they had all these extras and they must have told them, like, just walk and don't, don't react to the fighting. Yeah. Or they did a thing where they literally like filmed background separately and just like superimposed them on top of it later. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe that's just the school where people get punched a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you two things. Two things I did genuinely like about the movie. Okay. Um, they both occur in the last like five minutes of the movie. <laughs> right. um, which is funny because I think that the last 30 minutes of the movie is like even worse than the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of them, there's a tracking shot of a puppy that I thought was clever. I felt like I knew what it was going to do. I liked it anyway when it did it. <laughs> Second one, I've been saying I found Ryan Reynolds like charmless in this whole movie. I thought he was like, he was doing his shtick, but it didn't work. It didn't feel like he was in the moment. He didn't believe it. So I didn't believe it. Whatever. The very end of this movie, we get him being like the good old charming version of ryan reynolds and i was like i want the whole movie with you being you because i like that guy a lot <laughs> you mean like in the in the lecture yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was it? That was it. Yeah, those <laughs> are the two things I liked puppies. in the movie. <laughs> Tracking shot of a puppy. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds at the very, very end. <laughs> nice. So sad. Yeah, the, 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 uh, what, <laughs> there was a moment in this film where, uh, where you know, they were, they were putting their plan in motion. And, like, what kid wouldn't want to pilot a drone with VR goggles and gloves and, like, wreak havoc on, 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 on a building, right? But, uh, right. really? They just leave him isolated from the world in a VR headset just chilling on a yeah. bench while they're storming a fucking compound? <laughs> like, what the hell? I was like, a poorly this, thought out plan. Yeah, I was like, this makes zero sense. This makes absolutely no sense. Especially all but the that, other danger you have put him in this whole movie, and you're like, hey, buddy, you chill here. Not in the van or the truck, just like on a bench. That's cool. Right. That, that scene reminds me of part of why the banter didn't work for me in this movie. Like, in that whole set piece, um, I don't even know why I'm avoiding spoilers. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> anyway, um, there is a an outsider enters the movie in that moment and kind of saves the day. And there are quips exchanged with Ryan Reynolds and them that felt like, again, you trained the model, the you trained the model on like Joss Whedon, and you were like, we have to be self-deprecating and like call people out and call attention to when something happens that we don't like. There's like an exchange that happens there that just like I didn't believe either person a little bit. I didn't crack a smile. I didn't do. I I didn't even know what the movie was trying to do, and I felt like it undercut itself so many times trying to be like, we are having clever asides and we are underlining the action. And I, it, it just fell very flat for me. I, I think, I think that might be, that might be the key to this shift of like adult versus child. Cause like, to me, they are saying jokes. They know are dumb. Like they are not breaking during the takes and laughing their ass off because that was so mm. funny. The scene they just did. Right. They are, they are doing this shtick for young kids. And like, for me, mm-hmm. like I, there are times I giggled during this movie. <laughs> because, okay. Wow. Because Strong I, words. <laughs> I said giggle. I didn't say laughed out loud. I just yeah. thought that's funny. <laughs> I'm like, Hee-hee. there are just moments where I watched it and, and, and I, I, just, I was like, yeah, this is cute. This is fun. This is like, I'm feeling this in my child, child brain. Right. Um, and I, and right. I think too, I wonder if, um, and this is definitely not the case, but half jokingly, I'm going to say that what if they trained the kid to mimic Ryan Reynolds and then Ryan Reynolds was actually mimicking the kid in his performance and not just doing his own thing, mm. trying to make them more together. I kind of like that. I, ca- I kind of like that theory. <laughs> I would explain why he's so annoying. <laughs> <sighs> no offense to the actor, the child actor again. It would be very hard to be young ryan reynolds and not be annoying yeah, yeah. okay cool <laughs> i'll take it one interesting thing by the way i think the timeline has shifted because as of a week ago it was i recall it being common knowledge that this movie was like 150 million dollars um yeah i know which is like really yeah how, how, that's how what many, you did to Catherine keener <laughs> how, how, how much of that money just went straight to ryan reynolds pocket i know so that is the netflix question <laughs> right um i just looked it up now and it's uh 
112 million. I swear to God, the number was 150 before. So I, I don't know if like Netflix went in and removed the actors contracts from the total budget. So people wouldn't call attention to how expensive it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever it is, I do not think the money is on the screen in this movie. If you told me this movie was like a $60 million movie, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I buy that. I, I believe you. Yeah. So the crazy thing is that like, you know, this is obviously like a bunch of people's follow up to free guy and free guy mm-hmm. is like a hundred to $125 million budget. Yeah. And that movie got way more going. <laughs> going on with it yeah i mean free guy was really good and the the question you know of what happens if let's say an event causes a great reset what will you remember and why um has already been explored very well in that movie um i'll take your point about a kid's movie i i didn't expect to be convinced but i am now at least partially convinced that if I watch this thinking it's a kid's movie, I'm going to go away from it feeling feeling better. Not that I will ever watch it again, but, yeah. you know, hypothetically. But yeah, I mean, like, if, even if I was trying to stack this up against other Project Time Travel movies, sure. <laughs> like Project Almanac, I don't think this holds a candle to that. Um, yeah. And I think I like that more than most people. Uh, but, but I think for what this was, like, I wish this movie existed when I was a kid, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the effects are better than anything that came out when I was a kid. But, but I just like, this is the type of thing where I would have been like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and like, part of me couldn't watch this movie and be like, yeah, I would have loved this back when I was a kid. Yeah. I'll give it, I, I maybe just don't remember loving movies like this, but probably if I watch anything I watched as a kid, I'm going to realize like it sucked and then, yeah. then maybe I'll have more appreciation for this movie. Yeah. Cool. Well, shall we wrap this up, Stephen? Sure. All right. Let's get to verdicts then. If you were going to even say must see, record of the caveat, wait for rental, pass for the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? Well, Christopher, you made a very convincing <laughs> argument, but... I am not going to let my opinion be swayed mid-podcast, so I am saying a firm must avoid for oh, this damn. movie. I actively, I actively hated <laughs> every moment of this movie until there was a tracking shot of a puppy. <laughs> Wait, Steven, and a conversation you, with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> you didn't even like three-way catch with Dad? <laughs> even three-way catch with Dad? No, I didn't. I didn't nod until the tracking shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Um, I'm going to give this a wait for rental. Um, I thought this movie was cute. It was a very cute movie. I had fun with it. Um, but obviously, like, I don't know that everybody's going to hate it as much as Steven did. I they would... don't, by the way. I, I know people were negative and I looked into it a little bit more. It is not normal to hate it the way I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... Uh, yeah, like, like I said, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't try to argue with anybody who didn't like it. Um, but I, but I thought it was cute. And, uh, if you are going to go into and watch it and you haven't, uh, already seen it, just recalibrate your, uh, don't turn off your brain, just de-age your brain a little bit. Shrink it. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, Make your brain smooth, smooth (laughs) and weirdly different shaped, (laughs) even though your, your brain is still like in its late 20s probably <laughs> with the kid no it captain keener oh. <laughs> okay. 
like when she's de-aged yeah, yeah her whole everything looks so different even though she's still supposed to be like an adult woman who we have seen in movies like we've seen that Catherine keener before yeah, yeah. gotcha <laughs> especially like the side of her head it really creeped me out yeah something yeah. not right about especially that. especially right at the end <laughs> oh yeah but anyways, I think that's going to do it for our review of The Adam Project. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a licensed track from artist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, um, work trips are done. More things are coming out. Going to try to make it out to see some things. Going to try to get back into a regular schedule. Going to try to pepper in some bonus episodes that were recorded like a month ago at this point. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back to a a more regularly scheduled program pretty soon. So hopefully you get used to, uh, you know, hopefully we're all able to see more things coming up and uh the show can get more regular again because you know yeah. we've been missing all that fiber <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> bye bye i had no retort to fiber <laughs>